Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin, one of the pastors here at Redemption Chapel. I'm really excited uh, for our topic today and for our guest. And so let me just give you an introduction to who's here. So we have Pastor Jared, one of our associate pastors. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing really good. You know I'm doing good because we just had a delicious chicken sandwich for lunch together. Very good. Nashville so. hot chicken. It was hot. It was spicy. Spicy. Yeah. Shout good. out Shout out to Old Carolina and Stowe if you if you want somewhere to go. Are we allowed so. to do that? Can this be brought to you by? Uh, they will are paid sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We'll see if they send us money. All right. And then on the other mic, we have, for the very first time on the podcast, Mary Butcher, one of our staff members. How are you doing today? Yeah. All right. All right. Is it okay to say I'm a little nervous? That's okay. 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 Good. I'm a little nervous. So Mary, tell us, uh, how. what do you actually do on our staff? So you've been on staff for a while. We'll get to that in a minute. But tell for people that maybe don't know you, maybe they hear your name, what, what do you do for our team right now? Um, I assist in the children's ministry, which we call Kid Zone. So awesome. basically, whatever Peter tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know, too, with Mary telling me she was a little nervous, I could have went two ways. I could have went encouraging. Instead, I went the other way. And I convinced Mary that she needs a nickname to be on the podcast. Ooh, and she has to have a radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> we went simple. I mean, it's just too much. Mary the Butcher. I mean, Ooh, when you have the last yeah. name Butcher, why fight? I love it. That's a good one. <laughs> we'll change that on the website. So, uh, well, one of the cool things, Mary, is you know one of the reasons we wanted you on this podcast was part of it is is you're, you're the, I mean, other than our lead pastor, you're the longest standing employee of our staff team. So, uh, and Jared, you've been on staff for a while now. So let me just mm-hmm. kind of throw this question out to both of you. Tell me, how long have you been on staff? And then I want to know, what were you doing before you started working here? So Mary, we'll start with you. How, how long have you been on the staff? What were you doing before? Uh, this summer will be 13 years. 13 years. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll get sound effects. I wish we could put sound effects yeah. behind, like the applause. Yeah, I know. What, so, what year <laughs> was that? I'm trying to, I can't do math in my head that uh, 2010. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, summer Dang. of 2010. Yeah. Yeah. What were you doing in 2010, man? I'm trying to think. I think I was, I was still in college, so <laughs> that's crazy. And then, what were you doing right before that? Uh, delivering newspapers, Akron Beacon Journal. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Every day. Ooh. Man. What was your technique? I mean, you think classic paperboy on the bike, but you guys have the van? Were you chucking them out the van? Uh, it w- well, it was a driving route, so yeah, I'd yeah. pull up okay. to the mailboxes and put them out, out the windows. Yeah. So you went from that to church ministry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Any of those well, credits transferred? Yeah. <laughs> really prepared Man. me for kids ministry. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, 13 years. And, th- and thank you for the way you served faithfully That's all those great. years. Uh, Jared, you've been on staff. Uh, how long have you been on staff now? It's a 10. It's a 10 yes. years, yeah. which is easy to remember just because it was my daughter's age. So, uh, you know, we uh, came yeah. when she was born. So 10 years before that, doing student ministries. I believe they call it youth ministry now. Back when yeah, we it will change in about a year from now. <laughs> uh, particularly middle school. I mean, you know, this Austin we were talking about over lunch, you know, that breakdown. I think even in the end, if I were to have to do it again of middle school, high school, like there's... There's something about that middle school, as crazy as it is, man, it's a huge influential time. So I, I, it ran its course. I was ready to be done eating cheese puffs and overnights and all that. But 
it was a cool start to ministry yeah. and diving in, investing in kids. So yeah, yeah, and I because you so I've been on staff ten years as well. You came right after me. We were yeah. close though. Um, yeah, so ten years, and I similar to you. I was doing before I came here. I was the interim youth pastor at a little Southern Baptist church in North Carolina called Courtney Baptist Church. So shout out to anyone from Courtney. I don't think <laughs> they're listening. also brought to you by uh, Courtney Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, it was, yeah, that was, but I agree with you. I would, it was middle school and high school mix, but the middle schoolers, it, that was way better than the high school ministry. So I don't think I it's ever heard the name. Where does the name Courtney come from? Uh, it was like the town. I mean, it's, it was in the middle of nowhere, but the little town oh, was called Courtney. So, okay. But Courtney Baptist, old Southern Baptist Church, it's a good time. They paid a just out of college kid to come do their youth <laughs> ministry, and I had no idea what I was doing, but it was a good time. So they paid you. I'm guessing it wasn't much. It wasn't much. It wasn't much at all. Well, this, is, uh, this has been fun, but let, let's dive into the topic. So, you know, we there's a lot of things uh, God has really laid on our hearts here at Redemption Chapel, different things we want to go after, different ministries. Uh, and one of those that we talk a lot about and, and we've seen a lot of fruit from is our addiction ministry. And, and Jared, as one of our pastors, you kind of oversee that. But we, we have a heart for addicts to come and experience healing and experience uh, Jesus as they find that healing. And in that addiction, there's a lot of different kind of ways we do it. But one of those is families facing addiction. So FFA. So if we say FFA for the rest of this podcast... Families facing addiction. So uh, you oversee that, Jared, and then Mary. You, in addition to being our uh, kids don't associate, which we just change your title, um, you you help with this a ton. So uh, so I kind of just want to use this podcast to give people an insight on why do we do this ministry, how do we get here, what's the heart behind it, and all that. So so let's just start, Mary. We'll let you kind of take take us uh, out of the gates here. When we think FFA, families facing addiction, what is the heart behind this ministry? Well, um, addiction is a family disease. So, um, you know, addicts have um, a support group, you know, places they can go. But people that are close to them are deeply affected by their addiction. I mean, their um, life changes. They circle around the addict. Um, everything they do, things that they never thought they'd had to ever do is because of this uh, addiction. So they are in desperate need of a support group of help. Um, they are isolated. They can't talk to just everybody about this problem. So a lot of times they're, they're isolated. They're in despair. They're trying to fix the problem, um, and they need help. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, we came together with this program. Yeah. Even if you just tuned in, everything you said could sound like we're talking about the addict, being isolated, in despair. But it became so obvious for us early on. We, you know, Pastor Austin, you just mentioned it. We have a huge heart. If you are an addict, you are loved at redemption. You are welcomed at redemption. But as we got into caring for addiction, it became so apparent. We're not just dealing with a person struggling with addiction. You know, I mean, and it was even hearing you say that, like, oh, my gosh, just as that, you know, addict feels that, you know what, that that mom of that addict feels that, that brother of that addict, that best friend feels that despair and struggle. And, yeah, I mean, it became so obvious the need for this. TJ, who's behind the computer, just fact check this for us. I mean, the Pew Research, 46% of people or either a family member or a, have a close loved one that's wrestling with addiction. I mean, I know people listen to this, like, can, can a name, 
instantly a face, instantly of somebody they deeply love wrestling with addiction. And that's not easy for the addict, but it's not easy for the people that love that addict either. Yeah. Yeah. So much of the emphasis has been on the addict, which is great. I mean, we need yeah, that. Of we course. love that. But to your point, yeah, how many times maybe is the family members in the background just suffering and hurting and we just want to be, give them a space for that. Yeah. So, so Mary, tell us how, uh, so from being our kids zone associate and you're working with FFA, very, very different in a sense, but like, how, how did you get involved in this? Like, how did you end up being the staff member we tag and say, Hey, can you really help us run this? Well, uh, I married an alcoholic, mm-hmm. um, married him full well, knowing that he was drinking and I, I was going to fix him. <laughs> And how conscious was that in the moment, right? Like a classic situation in your mindset, is that just a hope holding out? Or you really think like, no, I know he struggles with drinking, but I'll be able to set him straight. Oh, definitely a hundred percent relying on myself. I yeah. Wow. So you were aware of the plan. Yep. Wow. Yep. Our love. And once he sees what he's doing is wrong, Mm. he's just going to straighten out. I'm going to be able to come up with the right words to say to him that's going to make it all click. And then we're going to be this happy couple. Mm. So, Mm. yeah. and How did that go? That <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Uh, my love fixed him. I said the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, really, Mary, thank you for yeah. sharing that. Like, how many people, and I love that you were just so aware of it, how many people were unaware, but to really exactly. know how many people, but I care and love's enough, and we're going to really thank you for sharing that. But you Absolutely, know, yeah. Okay, so how did that play out? How soon in the marriage do you realize, boop, bad plan, yeah. not your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> we love Jack Butcher, yeah. but... That plan of trying to fix an addict? Uh, It was two long years Hmm. of trying everything from, you know, yelling and screaming to silent treatment, even throwing things Hmm. and threatening. And yeah, finally, uh, I just came to my own bottom and realized I cannot fix him. Hmm. I I am totally powerless over this. Hmm. And so I just stopped trying. And of course, no one knew about it. You know, I felt like I could go to anybody and talk to them about it and get some You're advice. You're in that battle alone. Nobody yeah. knows. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until I finally uh, just let go and stopped even communicating with Jack. Um, and uh, we tell a story about the, I had to stop. And the only way I could stop was to do something else. So I picked up books big, long novels and just buried my face in them so I wouldn't even have to look at him. I wouldn't, have, wouldn't be tempted to respond to him. And it wasn't until then uh, that, and Jack will tell you, uh, he, was, he didn't know what to do. You know, he wasn't getting the reaction from me like he always had. So that's when he finally realized and he came to his bottom hmm. that he needed help. Yeah. I mean, you, I think I've probably heard this from you, but definitely kind of FFA community, right? You have the addict, their addiction is drugs. And then the families, the addict becomes their addiction. You become obsessed with fixing that addict, then that's where yep. the unhealth can begin for you <laughs> as the loved one. You know, my addiction is helping this person. And yeah, you could think how bad that can get. But it, it just, just I, I always am amazed by the similarities, right, you know, of addiction, right? You just talk about rock bottom. Now, you weren't, you know, addicted to any substance, 
what was it for you? Do you remember like what was like rock bottom? Like we can't, I can't do this anymore. Tired. Or was it just all of it? Yeah. yeah, I was tired of trying, and everything I tried just fell back on me. Just hmm. um, came back on me twice as hard. And I was, why am I doing this to myself? Nothing. I, I yeah. After trying what I thought was everything, I was done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, and the cool thing is, you know, we'll we'll drop a, a link in our bio to uh, you and Jack's redemption story. We we oh, did that in a video, yeah. so we'll we'll definitely link to that because the cool thing is, you know, we're talking about that battle and that struggle he's had. But you know, if a lot of people see Jack now and they might not even know this, but like, yeah, God's changed his life, changed your life, and you guys have experienced a lot of healing, which is really cool. And uh, so yeah, so if you're listening and you haven't heard their story, definitely click that link because we want you to hear how God has worked. Well, and I love, too, a big part of this, right? The whole point, we're talking about families facing addiction and focusing on that. But even you kind of like subtly snuck that in, how much you getting to that point, you think of enabling kind of that big word, you finally saying enough is enough, how that impacted. We think, oh, no, I need to do everything. I need to help them. I need to, you know, all these unhealthy things. But it was finally you saying you've had enough which was a big part of Jack's story of him realizing something needs to change. And so, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And this is, might be a little curveball because I don't know if I threw this question at you guys when we were talking about this episode. So this might be a little on the uh, fly, but so, uh, so when we started doing FFA, so you obviously have the experience of being someone that needed something like that. Uh, Was it you that I, like, how did, how did it actually happen where we tagged you? Did you bring it to us or did you, Bring it. Uh, yeah, I guess, how did that come? Well, it's funny, even, we were talking about this, but even you share that story, I was thinking of of Tim and the Elliots, how they came. That was a, the same part of his story, and it was his mom finally was like, enough. And that was a part of his redemption. So kind of, you know, a couple that was at launching this ministry to another church, they ended up at redemption, and it was, I mean, it was hand in glove. Wait a minute, we're in with addiction ministry yeah. We've had, you know, they brought, came here and they've launched this at other places and, and presented it. And then Mary, with her background and our, you know, Redemption's Heart, it was just a no-brainer. Like, yes, yeah. we want to be able to not just minister to the addict, but to seeing freedom from addiction of all those that love them. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, we, no, no, I was, yeah, spot on. Yeah, when it was brought up, I was like, of course, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Didn't even have to think about it. I was all in. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you know, for people that maybe they've, they might have heard us talk about this before, maybe they've seen it on our website, but they're like, what exactly did, what does it do? Like, what's, what does it provide? Like, what does FFA, Families Face an Addiction, like, what does that provide for a family member who is uh, struggling with someone in their family having addiction? What does it offer them, provide for them? Well, first of all, a safe place to come and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say right out of the gate, you know, what says what is said in this room stays in this room. So a lot of people can't go to just anybody and talk about it because they don't understand. And so they can come. Um, I like to say we can finish each other's sentences. You know, when someone starts talking about how they're feeling, we're all shaking our head. Yep, yep, been there. Yep, know exactly what you're talking about. So just to get them to open up talk about it so they're not feeling like they're alone and they have no recourse you know we can help them we can give them some tools Hmm. to help their healing yeah 
Yeah. I mean, think of that. The folks that are right now, I mean, listening right now, feeling so isolated. But to be in a community where you know, you're not alone, I know exactly what that feels like. And huge part of that is the community. I mean, you could even mention the book right now, but and then there are certain things, right? I, there's no easy answer. Here's what you do. But man, there are there is some wisdom. And so there's the support, but there's also some equipping and some some genuine help of, hey, this there's some good wisdom of how to handle that. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, this year we uh, just started out with this book, Christians, Christian Families in Recovery. And it's a workbook. So we go through, we talk about it, and then there's some questions, some real, you know, thought-provoking questions that we ask people to go home and, and answer and then come back and we share. Mm-hmm. And that's just a big part is hearing somebody else with the same struggles you have and how, how they're dealing with it, you know, it helps other people yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And, and so who, you know, I think one of the things that could happen with this is, you know, people are listening and, you know, even to Jared's study throughout earlier, I mean, there's, plenty of people listening who, who have family members who are struggling with addiction. And, and I think some people could be listening and they go, Oh, like, that's not me. Like the addiction and our feelings, not that bad. And they're like, is this really for me? Like, so, so who is FFA for? Like what, who should be the people that should be coming to that, that safe place you talk about? Um, anyone that is feeling, um, helpless in their situation, you know, it, it's usually the people who come through the doors are the ones that that are de- at that desperation point. So, um, but I definitely don't want to encourage to wait to that point. You know, if you have any questions at all about what's going on, is this addic- Is this an addiction? You know, oh yeah, definitely come and hear what we have to say yeah. and share. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's funny, as you talk about the history of the ministry, one of the things we really batted around was the title, Families Facing Addiction. We, I like the title. I think it kind of best sums up, but it is broader than that. You know, I mean, if there's someone that you are close to that you love and you they are an addict or you really think they might be an addict, this group is for you. And so loved ones of people who you think might be an addict didn't have the same ring of a ministry name. So, you know, but families facing addiction is, you know, the best umbrella term, but basically if there's somebody you love and they're a family member or really close friend, and I love that you put that, right? Because how many times it's, well, no, they're not an addict. They just struggle. Or even if you don't know, but you're really concerned that they might have a problem with substance abuse or an addiction, come, because that's hard to figure it's hard to navigate that. When do you, what do you do? What do you, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it is open for a lot of folks. Yeah. Mary, would you, if someone's listening right now and maybe they, they're hearing us talk and they're like, oh yeah, that's me. But maybe they've never talked to anyone about it. Maybe they've, you know, they've been in that isolation. Like what encouragement would you just give someone that's listening right now? That's like, man, I need to go to this, but I'm afraid like, or I'm, is it for me? Like, how would you just encourage them to lean in? Um, reach out, contact me, Pastor Jared. Uh, I know it's it's very scary to walk into a room full of people that you don't know. Um, a lot of times people are afraid that they're going to be outing their addict, so that keeps them from coming also. Um, but you just do a one-on-one. I'll be happy to. There's other very um, strong members of our group that meet one-on-one with people at first, 
and then we can walk in the door with you for the first time. So it's not quite as scary. Yeah. And we'll drop we'll drop your email in the in the bio so mm-hmm. people can get in touch with you. Yeah. Don't let the intimidating nickname of Mary the Butcher hold yeah. you back. She's actually <laughs> she's quite really nice. nice and sweet guy. Don't worry. <laughs> it's just the last name. Yeah. Still make her mad. Uh, no. Well, and and this you know, let me, I want to ask you guys this. And Mary, you might be able to really give us some some highlights. Like what? whether it's currently in the past, like what are some of the things that you've seen God do uh, in FFA at our church like over the last, I mean, I guess how many years have we been running it? As, I, I want to know. I mean, I, maybe we all want to I mean, it's been a little bit of time. So. I mean, it's, it's had to be at least five years. I, I don't know. So, Is it yeah. more, less? Uh, maybe five, yeah. We'll say five-ish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five. It's <laughs> rough, rough number. We're fine. <laughs> So over those five-ish years, I mean, what, uh, yeah, what are some of the things you've seen, like, God do that you're just like, man, like, how can you brag on God a little bit with this ministry? Oh, yeah. I, um, just people coming in so broken and so desperate. Um, not necessarily their addict is, is in recovery, but just watching them heal. Um, and like I say, the isolation is so huge. Just get out of that isolation uh, come to discover themselves again, stop rotating their life around the addict and get it back God-centered rather than addict-centered. Yeah, it's been huge. I've seen a lot of people grow so much, and now they're the ones that are passing on all their knowledge and, and wisdom to others. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I love seeing that. I mean, I know you know some of the key and other key leaders in the group or people that came through felt oh my gosh, finally felt that support they needed. Now they're turning around, reaching out to other people, you know, been in the same shoes, maybe a, a couple of steps, you know, further behind them on the journey. So it's so fun to see them now turn around and pour out to others. It's great. Yeah. And I've loved seeing, I was, I was interacting with um, uh, someone at our church and, and, and the, one of the this married couple, one spouse is dealing with their addiction and they're going through some of the stuff we offer there. And then the other spouse is doing FFA and, it was cool just hearing them speak about it because they, you know, it's like they're both, they're both getting healing at the same time in different ways, but by doing that, they're also healing together. It's just the cool, like to our point earlier, it's we care, we don't care just about the attic or just about the family. We care about both because both are important. Um, maybe one gets healing sooner than the other. I don't know, but it was cool to hear how they're, it's kind of a hand in hand go together kind of thing. Yeah. So what? Uh, so Mary, if someone. Someone listens to this podcast and they go, yep, I'm in. I want to be a part of this. I want to check it out. Um, give it, What's the details? Give us all the, give us the down low. What, when does it meet? How long? What do they need to do? Just love to just kind of extend yeah. an invite out there. So we meet on the second and fourth Saturdays of every month at 9.30, 9.30 to 11. And we meet in the bridge room, which is in the north part of the building. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah they no registration, just show up. Show up. Yeah. Yeah. There's nice. usually somebody at the door to greet you and show you where the room is and everything. Cool. Yeah. 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 And I really, I mean, you did the details great. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> with those details, I mean, I, I just want to plead with the folks out there that are in, that you know that this, we're talking to you right now. You know, if those, if you're in that seat I pray that you get to that point where that that Mary just spoke of. Okay, enough is enough. I understand you feel you're drowning. You feel like you're isolated. You're afraid to out your the addict in your life. 
But just because that addict in your life is unhealthy doesn't mean you have to. Like today can be the day you decide I'm not going to just swim in this cyclone of unhealth and this be sucked down in that whirlpool as well. And so, so please, and I'm not pleading for me, I'm pleading for you, man, take that step to say, okay, enough is enough. I, I need to get help and I need, even for the sake of my addict, to be healthy. And so I know it's scary, but we are here for you. You're not alone. I would love it if you would show up and start to get that help you need. Yeah, and we, we say it all the time, and I know both of you guys know it, but, I mean, we, we do messy at Redemption. I mean, that's our heart. And so, you know, addiction ministry is messy, and FFA is is part of that. But, man, it's been cool to watch God just continue to write redemption stories through through this ministry. So, so Pastor Jared, thank you for pastorally overseeing this for us. And and Mary the Butcher, thank you uh, for, <laughs> uh, yeah, for your, I mean, obviously service and kids zone for 13 years, but, man, thank you for for also leaning in. I think many people, they see what you do on Sundays with Kids Zone, but they often don't see the FFA stuff, but you're doing some amazing stuff there. So thank you for serving in that oh, way. Yeah, my pleasure. And Mary's representing a another team of people that help. So even for all That's the volunteers yeah. that Good catch. serve in that and make that possible, so grateful and thankful. Yeah, definitely. Well, hopefully if you're listening and if you are in this spot where you need this ministry, we'd encourage you to lean in. Uh, if not, I mean, just celebrate what God is doing in this area of our church. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to highlight that on this podcast. So uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us next month for another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com slash grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.